You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Straight from the comments section on iTunes, Shannon. Do tell. Awesome, the topics you guys tackle that most people don't want to touch. The incredible thing about it is that you make it serious so that we learn, and yet fun so that it's not uncomfortable or awkward. Keep up the great work. We love this podcast. Woohoo! Okay, but I, I want to, I mean, there's a part of me that now that we need to make it a little more uncomfortable and awkward, don't we? So that it, I mean. Sex is awkward. <laughs> it sure can be. Ha- how can we talk openly and honestly about this topic without it being awkward? It sure can be. That is true. You know, this... what, I, you know what I love, though, Corey? It doesn't seem to be awkward to me and you to talk about it. And I'm hoping that that rubs off on our listeners. I hope it becomes less and less awkward for them to talk about with their spouses. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, and the crazy thing is that, you know, we, we're we not even married to each other and we can talk about this. It's, it's I don't know what that says. Other than maybe we're wired a little differently. No, I think that it says that we talk about this stuff all day with client after client. We're so desensitized to it. There is a professional side to this. That is true. This is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having honest conversations with sometimes awkward, sometimes not so awkward conversations about sex. And we would love to hear from you. So what you can do is send us emails if you are interested in questions or topics or ideas. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We also have a form at sexymarriageradio.com that allows you to fill out even more detail and then possibly join us on a show if you've got something you want to explore even more in detail and depth. Then the other thing, like just how we let off the show, uh, we love getting feedback and comments on iTunes because that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category and it helps us spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And it is the best place to really explore a, a tremendous depth that is largely possibly untapped in many mm-hmm. marriages. And so we want to see that um, happen even more, and we want it to happen to you. Because our listeners rock. I don't know if you know this, Shannon, but in March, I was looking at the stats the other day. March, the largest download month we've ever had. Really? Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Almost 125,000 downloads. <gasps> that's a significant jump, Corey Allen. Absolutely. That's like a 25% jump. That's a huge one. So it's like, that's fantastic. And it's because our listeners, because they are the yep. sexiest listeners on the planet. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a hunch that people are just walking through their day. They are standing out looking even sexier than normal. And people are going, dude, you look There's so, what's him. going on? And they're like, Sexy Marriage Radio is where it's at. And so they immediately go, turn it on, and there's a new listener. I was going to say that speaking of <laughs> spreading the word, I think that so many of our listeners have been emailing lately saying, yes, send me a bumper sticker, send me some postcards. Some people have requested like 20 postcards so they can pass them out in their Sunday school class or whatever. So thank you for helping us spread the yes. word. If you would like bumper stickers and postcards, just send us an email with your mailing address and we will pop those in the mail to you immediately. Yeah. So we're going to follow up last week's show. Because we struck a we nerve. Have to. Yeah, we struck a nerve, uh, which we kind of knew we would. Because I, I think it's been a while since we've had a topic that that elicited that much response. Yeah, because it's a it's a tougher one that uh, lots of people face uh, when you're yeah. dealing with sexlessness and you're dealing with the power struggles and you're dealing with 
control and you're dealing with desire and schedules and and, and egos. Yeah, there's so much. It's so complex. But I want to. No, I'll save this for next week. So you just go right ahead with the with the te- <laughs> uh, with the emails that we got because it's if you missed last week's show, it's worth going back to it. Uh, where sexless marriages. Uh, episode 285, if I'm remembering off the top of my head, which is fantastic. We're like 15 away from 300. Unbelievable. Um, which, by the way, we'll be recording episode 300 at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Which I am so excited about. So if about. you want to be in the live audience for the episode 300, you better register for the getaway <laughs> now. Because uh, registration will be closing. Because once we get close enough to about a month out, we have to start finalizing everything so we got to have numbers squared away so if you are on the fence figuring out should we go should we not you better go because it's going to be a great week it's going to be a great four days together all right so you ready for me to dive in let's go i just highlighted sections of multiple emails and i found it very interesting that a lot of times we get feedback from pretty much mostly men and other times it's pretty much mostly women on this issue it seemed 50 50 that we were hearing from both the men and the women the first one is from a gentleman and i'm just going to let all of these people remain nameless but he says I've been, it, I've been a frustrated half of a sexless marriage for over 10 years. It's painful, but I've tried to let God use this situation to grow me up. I loved hearing that expression. It sounds like he's been listening to Corey Allen. Um, but he says, whenever I do initiate, it has to be just the right thing at the right time in the right circumstances. And so oftentimes it still doesn't happen. He asks the question, you know, he can understand if it doesn't happen for medical reasons, but does, does a psychological reason fall into that same category of in sickness and in health type Mm -hmm. of a thing? He just feels as if she should be able to find some help to overcome her psychological reasons. So the, the whole notion of, I try and I try and I try, but I'm just not doing the right thing. Corey, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who just feels as if they have to hold their mouth just right? This is the expression that my mother used to mm-hmm. use in order to have any success at all. But even then, the chances of success are very, very slim. Well, the first thing that jumps out to me with that is control. We're just talking about fighting over control. Uh-huh. And sex, if you think about it, there is a large element of control that's going to happen because we get to control what happens to our body mm-hmm. you know and if you're if you're a woman you get to control who touches it where when do you get to enter it i mean there, there's a lot of different aspects of it that we're constantly fighting i that's where if you put it in the context of this this is a schnarch phrase if you put it in the context of the wife being the lower desire or the no desire partner he makes the comment of it would have been a whole lot easier if god would have just given women two vaginas because then they could have then they could have given one to their spouse and kept one for themselves rather than trying to fight over the same thing. <laughs> and, wow. And it's there's like elements of like, ooh, that's good shock value, but there's some truth to that because there's a lot of fighting going over a little bit of real estate. Okay, but but let me just say right now that for those higher desire women who take offense by that because they're thinking I got you. No, I, I only need one vagina because that one's not getting touched often enough. We are gonna go there before the end of the show. We do have an email from a higher sure. desire woman. So sit <laughs> well, tight, baby. It, it would be tight. it would be the same phrase as if it would be easier if God gave men two penises, because then he could have right. just given one to the wife and kept one to for himself. But exactly it's still 
it's that idea of you're fighting for something and you're and you're seeking control and what happens most because this is where the feedback that jumped out to me from this show what comes ha- what happens most when you're talking about sexless marriages and these kind of power dynamics is far too often all of the energy is spent thinking about the other spouse not your role in it Ooh. Right. It's it's what they're not doing. What they are doing is reading the tea leaves. It's trying to see if the stars are aligned. It's trying to Mm -hmm. manipulate things. And a lot of times what I've seen happen, and this is some of the stuff I've had in my own marriage when there's been major power dynamic differences, that I would find myself trying to be manipulative without trying to give off the aura that I'm manipulating. But Pam could read (laughs) right through it. Rather, could, rather yeah, than he could read your mail. Absolutely, rather than because it, it, it seems like the counsel I would have in my mind would be, well, I have to show that I'm impervious and I'm okay and I can handle this. Rather than you know what, I can be disappointed and frustrated and show it. Mm-hmm. I just don't need to take it out on them as as overtly as mani- underhandedly. That's probably the better way to say it. That yeah, because a lot of times people say, "Well, if you get shot down, should you act like it doesn't hurt?" And I'm like, "No, it it still hurts." And if right. you're in a sexless power dynamic, it really hurts. But you're right. There is a big difference between taking ownership of your pain and wanting them to suffer because you're in pain, taking it out on right, them. and making sure they know that you know, you know. And it, that's where it gets so complicated. Passive aggressive or aggressive aggressive. Yeah, and so yeah. it's it's seeing it as. What is this revealing about you? Because a gridlock issue like this, what what it comes down to, and this is the other thing that jumped out in one of the emails, is I made the comment of if you choose to stay in a sexless marriage, then you've that's your choice. You made a choice. Right. And I made the comment, you can't be mad about it. And it's not that I can't be mad. I just have to realize I have chosen this. And so some of this comes with the territory as it currently stands. Doesn't mean it can't shift. Doesn't mean it most likely won't shift one way or another, but I have to at least face what is this revealing about me? What are my choices in this context and what do I choose? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, switch gears to hear from a female. Uh, This is kind of the flip side of the coin. She's saying that um, uh, the statement of withholding sex is cruel to my partner. She says, I agree with you. However, do you see that sometimes the high desire partner has created this circumstance by withholding attention and time and affection, which is cruel as well. She says, and then she goes on to say, I know it's not fair to withhold sex from my husband, but it's the only thing I have control over. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm going to read her last paragraph in its entirety, because I think that it's important to reveal the two sides of this coin of, yes, she's trying to hold on to control, but there is an element that, that she feels as if, um, justifies her control. So she says, I did sign up for marriage. I chose to be in a relationship where I could serve God with my partner and raise children together. I chose to be able to receive love, affection, attention, affirmation, and the greatest friendship I could ever have. I deserve that just as much as my husband does. But until I have the affection, attention, affirmation, love, and friendship, I do not want to have sex. Through counseling, I have learned that I deserve all these things and I should be worth it. And I agree that every human being on the planet deserves those things and is worth it. But I also just have to wonder what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like who who started really withholding what they want most first? Is it that 
she's not giving sex because he's not giving love or is it because or is it that he's not giving love because he doesn't feel like he's giving sex what do you say in response to that dilemma no i want to hear from you first (laughs) (laughs) well i have to admit that as much as my heart bleeds for this woman because yeah feeling loved and having attention and affection all of that is so vitally important to a woman But I have to admit that that whole notion of the spouse feeling as if I have to maintain control, um, it's like nails on a chalkboard in my ears. Um, it, it, It probably, you know, it triggers me quite a bit just for personal reasons in that I feel as if spouses, when they sign up for marriage, they are signing up to trust their spouse and be willing to lose control with them. Isn't that what sex is? The opportunity to lose control in a beautiful, powerful, passionate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the chicken and the egg idea because that that's the dilemma that sex has, has naturally included with the whole idea of stereotypically speaking, Men want sex to feel close and women want to feel close before they have sex. Right. You women, uh, women give sex to get love right. and men give love to get sex. Right. So it's, it's the idea. I don't know what I think of what, when I'm, when I'm reading through this and I'm just thinking through it if, with my professional hat on, my question is uh, to either one of them, and this has nothing to do with their partner that when you put your head on the pillow at night are do you ha, where's your level of self-respect and how you're treating your partner ooh because i think i'm going to let you re, i'm going well, to i'm going to come i'm going to rephrase it i'm going to rephrase i'm going to rephrase it because i think gridlock issues the, the 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 number one counsel i give to couples that are in major gridlock issues is what is the best path forward for you to earn your own self-respect along the way. And because there is an underhanded side to each and every one of us as humans, and we have to acknowledge that. I, at, the, at, sure. the, at the getaway, which I mentioned earlier, um, I'm actually going to do part of one of my sessions on uh, Schnarch's idea of normal marital sadism, where we're going to talk about the underhanded sides of us and how it wreaks havoc mm. in, intentionally. And we know what we're doing with it too because that's what i love about this email is at least her awareness of i know she's it. Done some counseling she's I, put on her big girl panties and she has at least recognized the i dynamic know it but the but the, but the dilemma created. becomes okay so wait i'm entitled because i'm worth it yes you are i agree fundamentally but are you acting but so is he yeah well i don't care about that one at this point because he's not the one <laughs> he, he's not the one email and I'm, i want to stay with the with the listener okay. of but he's you're entitled to it, yes, but how are you acting in accordance to try to get it? Right. How is withholding sex from him going to it's, inspire him? It's a power to struggle. Give you what you want? I get it. And so, where is compassion? Where is love? Where is giving with no strings attached? Where is because that's the idea of if I want to get into the realm of the depths of what marriage, marriage and sex can be, there is a tremendous risk of giving with no strings attached. Of, of it's scary showing up and, and seeing where it may go of of serving of seeking of uh, you know so it's so I, I don't know my question still just comes back to the idea of 
how much self-respect do you have with the way you're going about it? Because the parts of you, it, and this isn't an, this is by no means a, a bashing question. This Not is, an attack. This is mm-hmm. a best in me talking to the best in you. Because the best in us will hear that and go, yeah, I know my struggle, and maybe I need to do a little bit better. Or I know my struggle, and I'm okay with the way I'm going about this right now. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that response. But realize, when you draw a line in the sand, so does he. That's the, I use the analogy of— And now you created the gridlock. If both of you want to be swimming in a pool together, but yet I don't want to get in until you get in, well, now you got stalemate. Yeah. But if you want to go swimming, if that's really what you want to do, well, then dive right in. Grab hands and dive in together. Maybe, but just dive in and see if they join you. Yeah. Well, and, and from my perspective, when I hear these control issues, my immediate thought is, okay, is it the marriage relationship where you started not feeling the love, attention, affection, or did a lot of that come from old childhood issues? And I think she did say in there that, um, she has been working on her family of origin issues with a counselor. And she said, Shannon, I say that for your benefit. Yeah. I think she knew that I would immediately go there. Yeah. But yeah, so oftentimes that control issue is, it's from feeling out of control as a child. Sure. But we should not punish our spouse for the way that our parents treated us or didn't treat us. Right. And so I think yeah. of it that this is one of the things that's been going on with the conversation this morning in the academy. Uh of from last we night had, we've had some really intriguing there's, there's been some really good gridlock yeah there's been some grid get, good gridlock conversations happening that it's it's that idea of to me gridlock is a revealing of self not the relationship the relationship's designed to get you to these points it's just gonna happen because mm-hmm. what i've got or what i want is what pam has control of <laughs> Right. In some regards. And that's not mm-hmm. just her body. That can be her love. That could be her attention. That can be her affection, whatever, her help. Yeah. So it's seeing it as, OK, there's nothing wrong going on when these happen. But it is. What is this revealing about me? So in this with this emailer from the listener, OK, there's some childhood stuff going on. Great. Now you got the opportunity to in real time retroactively deal with what you've been facing all your mm-hmm. life. So right. You, and so you could have Great some serious conversations with your, with your partner of, mm-hmm. Hey, here's what I'm facing. And I realize maybe I've been kind of underhanded in the way I've been coming about this. I feel like you've been kind of underhanded in the way you've been coming about what you want. Mm-hmm. What could we do about that? And then you right. see where that conversation goes. Yeah. Very adult conversation mm-hmm. to have. Okay. So then here's another one. Um, this gal, uh, first of all, she said, I've composed so many emails in my head to you both many times after listening to your shows, and now I'm finally doing it for real. She feels so fortunate to have stumbled across the show. And, and I love what she said is that the biggest gift that both of you has given me is hope. Hope yeah. that our marriage can improve and hope that I can be an emotionally grown woman and no longer a scared little girl. Um, but she says, how does the high desire wife with a strongly feminine essence and deep desires to be pursued, get the sex she wants without constantly taking on a more masculine role to be the pursuer? She says, I long to be pursued. And I realize that in every relationship I've ever had, I was always the one who did the initiating and pursuing. And then this last paragraph is really, this is what made me go, we've, we've got to quote this on the show. She said, Corey, you said in a recent show that the high desire partner needs to think about whether he or she is actually worth pursuing. 
And then she says, maybe my husband doesn't pursue me because he doesn't see me as worth pursuing. But then she also says, maybe he doesn't pursue me because he knows that I will eventually pursue him. So he doesn't need to do the hard work. Okay. I really want to believe that it's the latter and not the former. I bet it's uh, both. You think? Well, but hold on. Right, let me unpack okay, I'm gonna it. I'm going to let you go there first. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah let me unpack, unpack it. it because I don't want people to hear this idea of maybe I'm not worth pursuing as a bad thing. It's not an indictment. I know full well the areas of my life that are not worth pursuing for me, right? For other people, because it's like, I know my shortcuts. I know my failings. I know the underhanded side of myself, that I can be lazy, that I can be conniving at times. I can be, you know, the path of least resistance on a lot of things that I don't, you know, so it's, those are things I have to fight in myself. Those are absolutely going to be seen by Pam because I live life with her on a regular basis. Mm Mm-hmm. So that part of me is not going to be worth pursuing. And so I want people to hear, and that's where this, I'm glad these two tie really well together from our last email. The best in us hears these things that are the worst in us. And, and it's okay. It's, it hurts. Yes. But it's not devastating. We don't crumble mm. because yeah. the best in us knows. Not. Yeah. Because the best in us knows. Yep. I mean, you've been through the ringer girl. You know the worst in you and the best in you. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and there's, parts of, there's parts of you that aren't born yet that are the best of you and the worst of you. And mm-hmm. that's who we are at, as a fallen creature in a fallen world. That, okay. that's, the Bible talks about this, the war of the flesh. That's what Paul refers to it, right? The, right. the doo-doo passages. <laughs> why, do I, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Right. And what, yeah, why can't I do the things I do want right. to do? So that's, I think that's an allusion to the same thing, the same concept. And so... There could be aspects of self that might be being revealed that's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not as far along as I thought I was on that. And so that could be not worth pursuing. That could be less attractive. That could be not in line with what he's looking for. And this isn't at all a counsel to use him as your entire litmus test of who you should be in this category. Not at all. See, I think that women are tempted to do that. Just sure. try to be the chameleon. Just figure out what sure. their husband. Oh, so he likes that, that kind of. He likes those kind of panties. I'll put those on there. Oh, he likes that kind of lingerie. I'll wear that. Oh, he likes when I talk like that. Oh, I'll start doing that rather than that's not who I am. So right. some of that you're going to have to just come to grips with. You're not getting with me, boy. Yeah, I I think that people pick up on when someone is doing something for them yep. versus when they are being their authentic selves. Mm-hmm. So put on what makes you feel good. Do what makes you come alive. But this also reminds me of a conversation that we had on the last Academy Q&A call where a gal was saying that she just gets really tired of being the one to initiate yep. every time. Yep. And we talked about her assertiveness and how maybe to, as the female or male, to just dial, the if you're the hired as our partner, to maybe try to dial that down just a little bit and communicate that I would really like for there to be more balance in the pursuit game in our relationship. Okay. Um, and that I'm stepping back a little, not because I'm not interested, not because I don't want you, but because I want to feel pursued on occasion. And um, I talked about the analogy of if you throw a wrench in the air, the higher desire partner will reach out and catch it first and then look at their lower desire partner and say, why weren't you going to catch it? And the lower desire partner would respond, well, I was, but you caught it first. So the notion of sometimes... Okay, but what the about the other side of that, Shannon? 
I well, hold to, on. Sometimes the higher the desire question. partner can just be so quick on the draw to initiate, okay. but then they complain that the other one doesn't when right. they just didn't give them a chance. Right. But what about the the other side of this? And this might be opening up a can of worms. We've got to address a whole lot later. Um, okay. What about the low desire partner that's watching that wrench come down, hoping it hits the higher desire partner in the head? <laughs> It's there. It's true. It happens. The whole notion of I don't want to be the one to initiate. I don't want to risk rejection. I think that that is also a control issue. Absolutely. All of this is control issue. That's what we're talking about. This is all comes down to control. Right, 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 right. So my heart definitely bleeds for those higher desire partners who are wondering, am I worth pursuing? And so, yes. Yeah, I I will relent and say that it is both. Uh, yeah, and I think it's important to think of this because even the stuff that we give as counsel here on the shows, if you go through the entire archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, we are not offering solutions to this problem because there's not necessarily a solution to the problem. Well, every couple is unique, so every solution is True. unique for that couple. But even even your hosts have trouble with this issue (laughs) because there's just differences of desires. There's differences of control. There's differences of needs and wants. It's normal. And and interest. Absolutely. So it's not something to be solved. Yep. We get glimpses of this on vacation. (laughs) We get, we get glimpses of it when the stars align or so it really comes down to what is this revealing? So my question would be, I'm tired of being in the in, in my masculine when I really want to be in my feminine. Okay. Is there a way to make the masculine a little more feminine? Can you pursue from your more feminine side? Is that possible? I don't know. I think maybe there is ways that it's, you could still think of it in the context of, well, okay. So the person that's going to really initiate this whole thing is coming from their masculine side. Okay, but can't you do can't you be seductive from your feminine and that's actually a feminine power move? Mm-hmm. That's a and that's an enticing, that's an alluring, that's a seduction, that's a I, I, I it's just I I want to ask people when they have questions, what is what is the question they have revealing about them first? Ask that ask yourself that. What and, is this and saying? You're really good to challenge people on that on the academy page. I have noticed. Because because that's the that's where the whole movement lies. Mm-hmm. Because if I was to constantly just focus on Pam and what she is or isn't doing, I'm going to be banging my head against the wall sometimes. Right. Because I got no power, no control over that. But if I look at it as okay, hold on. What is it, what am I hold, holding on to so dearly about this? What is it that about this that you know, is it sex that I'm really seeking? Let me go back to this email. Is it the actual sex or is it I just want to be close. Okay. So can you sit next to them more when you're hanging out in the evening? Right. Can you go have lunch? Can you reach over and grab his hand? Can you, you know, there's other ways. Yeah. There's other ways that have nothing to do with sex to get what we want out of sex sometimes. That's true. And if we can use sex as a response to that closeness that we create, rather than as a means to closeness, I think it's a lot more powerful. It's a lot more satisfying. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I could go on and on. And then the and last thing, yeah, but the last thing on that, do we have another email still too? Well, or we do, but I want, to save it, time? I want to save it. I think that it, it, it's worth a whole different show. It's basically okay, uses that lower desire people use as to why they're not interested. 
but okay. I, okay. <laughs> there were so many okay. emails that went along the lines of, I can count the number of times that my spouse has initiated sex with me on one hand, but there were people who said, even though I have to be the initiator most all the time, at least my spouse responds. And I want to encourage people that, yes, if you can harness the power in that, that even though it's usually my idea and I'm usually the one to have to initiate, if you have a spouse that at least responds warmly and receptively, celebrate that and don't keep score. I, I think keeping score in the bedroom as to who's done what for how many times right. or whatever serves no purpose other than to build bitterness and resentment. And right. that what's important is that the two of you feel close. And I couldn't agree with what you said more with the whole notion of sex is not the only way to feel close and build a bond. Right. If, if you're looking for equality, if you're looking for equality marriage in marriage. Marriage is not the place to <laughs> No. It's, what happens in marriage is not necessarily fair. Yeah. But it <laughs> the does fair comes once up. a year. Yeah. Uh, my mom's phrase, the fair comes once a year and it sucks too. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's just gonna, you got to come to grips with the fact that there's going to be some areas where I'm carrying more than my fair share, and I'm okay with that because that's what I do. In that's who I am. Areas. But when you look at all areas that marriage and family encompass, chances are your spouse is pulling 99% of the weight in other areas. Maybe. And maybe you're carrying all of it because you're an overfunctioner, and that's okay. But that's what makes you who you are. So unless you adjust that, it's not changing. Because the last comment on her email of maybe he doesn't pursue me because he knows I will eventually pursue him. I would start there. On okay, how do I pursue him? Mm -hmm. How do I want to be pursued? Could I do some other things? And how much is it that, that how much is there truth to that dynamic of he could he can be water in this regard because it's the path of least resistance mm-hmm. and just wait knowing I'll come around well and I'm not at all saying kind of secretly step back and say I'm going to just wait and see if he notices because that's the devil's pact that just further You're ingrains expecting them to read the your mind and that is not right. fair but it is one of those that's what does that reveal of how could you confront that di- that dilemma a little differently. And maybe it is you have a conversation saying, I'm going to back off. Maybe it is you go back to the show we did on scheduling sex yes. and, and you see if that works as a, as a trial. Or maybe it is you just say, you know what? I can do this from my feminine side. And that's really the big mix. That's, big, that's the big missing piece that I've had. I've always felt like I have to be in my masculine. And well, maybe that shifts it because it's who knows what brings about the change? And, That's what's so cool about this. And maybe your way of maintaining control is you being the one to decide when you're going to relinquish control and how. Sure. But we need to have opportunities where we give our spouse that experience of us out of control. That's the greatest gift that you can give your spouse is I trust you enough to let myself get out of control with you. Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> It, how much do we really control anyway? <laughs> that is so true. If you think you're in control, look around. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, how much do we... I mean, look at look at the, the world we live in now. How much are we really in control? Very little. Very little. Yeah. All right, Corey, talk about the power of suggestion. For the past three minutes, all I can think of, I even smell it in my nostrils, is corny dogs and funnel cakes. The whole fair thing... <laughs> 
I can't wait for the state fair to come around now. But well, it, just keep in mind, it sucks. You you can't wait for fair in marriage. <laughs> that's sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I love my mom. That's such a great phrase. That is a great line. I'm gonna have to use that. It is because. It, it, but how much does that cause trouble though? That we want equality. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. You need to do that rather than. Okay. I got to confront equality and just see it as I'm doing this. If I want help, have I asked for it? Yep. And if I haven't, then what am I complaining about? Life isn't fair. Yeah. Period. But aren't we glad well, we been don't sexy get marriage what we radio. deserve, though? Because <laughs> we'd be in trouble yeah, if so. we did. <laughs> maybe so. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we'd love to hear from you because I know this topic is a deep one. And uh, Give us your thoughts, feedback, sexymarriageradio.com. So for wherever you are, wherever, however you've been listening, thanks for taking out some of your day to spend it with us. Yep, we love you for listening.